Hi guys and welcome to the Research Zone podcast, the podcast where we aim to make sense of youth mental health research. Each week we will talk to a different researcher to learn about their research project, discussing the why, what, where, when and how of their research and most importantly how this can benefit us as young people. All the relevant links will be in the show notes so please do check them out if you're interested in today's topic. Without further ado, let's meet today's guest. Hi guys, I'm Lizzie and welcome to another episode of the Research Zone podcast. Today I'm joined by Abby from Emerging Minds. So Abby, if you'd like to introduce yourself and tell us a bit about Emerging Minds and what it is. Hi everyone. Um, Yeah, so I'm Abby um, and I recently completed um, a summer internship with Emerging Minds. My role on that project was to lead on a funding call called The Big Question, which is what I'm going to be speaking about today. Emerging Minds is basically a research network. So our aim is to reduce the prevalence of mental health problems experienced by children and young people. And the way that we do that is by funding different bits of research and by working across sectors with young people, parents, researchers, people in the community, just a wide array of different people. That sounds really good and very much needed. So I know that recently Emerging Minds have been working on a project called The Big Question, which I've seen all over social media. Um, Can you tell us a bit about what it is and what it aims to do? Yeah, absolutely. So The Big Question does sound very ominous, (laughs) but it's a really important area of research, I think. So The Big Question is one of four research challenges. So right at the start when Emerging Minds was put together, we worked with parents and young people and people working and passionate about children and adolescent mental health to set four key research challenges. And one of those research challenges is called the big question. So the big question basically aims to find out why when we know what works in research and in supporting children and young people's mental health, isn't this always put into practice? So there's loads of different research going on, great pieces of work with children and young people aiming to prevent mental ill health, support children and young people who might be struggling, and also promote positive well-being. But this doesn't always make it to the ground and it doesn't always make it to children and young people in a way that's meaningful our aim is to explore why that is and why when we have all this amazing research it's not being implemented at scale and making a difference that perhaps it's set out to definitely and that's such an important question because I guess all this research is kind of pointless unless something's being done with it so what has the funding call done so far like where's it up to and what's coming up I've been working on the funding calls since July and it all kind of culminated at the end of September so what my role was was preparing for its launch so the funding call has now launched and we're accepting expressions of interest so any researchers who are interested in exploring the implementation of research and practice can apply and receive funding to carry out that research but what we spent quite a long time doing 
within this sort of project is speaking to commissioners and decision makers so the people who actually decide what research they include in their services be it PAMs or schools or charities and we also spoke to parents who have young people who've struggled in the past or are currently struggling with mental ill health Um, And we also spoke to young people from all across the country, basically just trying to find out what the priorities are for them and what would really make a difference in their opinion to making sure that research has an impact. Definitely. That sounds really important and great to get so many people's opinions and perspectives. Are you allowed to say what kind of things they reported and what kind of things they felt like would be able to make a difference? Yeah, definitely. First of all, we spoke to commissioners. Commissioner is anyone who is working in a service to support children and young people and who makes the decisions around what support those young people receive. So you could be a clinical commissioner working in the NHS perhaps or in private medical services or we also spoke to some people working at multi-academy trusts so that's a specific area of schools that exist in this country and we also spoke to like local councils and councillors who make those decisions about what support children receive in the community and we also spoke to people at Public Health England and NHS England so sort of a real broad array of people from different sectors who are managing different challenges and thinking about how they can use mental health research to help young people and so those conversations were really interesting so we interviewed them on a one-to-one basis and we also carried out an online survey. Some of the key things I guess that came out of that were first and foremost an obvious recognition of limits to funding and time as a barrier so a lot of commissioners spoke about how they just don't have the resource or the funding or the time to even manage you know current demand for services let alone thinking about innovative ways to develop them and putting research into practice and the dramatic shift that you need to change a service and put a new piece of research in place often doesn't work um which presents a barrier to to that research having an impact and commissioners also talked about feeling disconnected sometimes from the research world which I think a lot of people felt is that the evidence and the research kind of exists in its own bubble and often it doesn't quite make it in an accessible way and in an easy to understand way to those people who actually need to use it. Um, It kind of just stays within the research world. And then commissioners, as I said before, don't have the time to, you know, understand it. What they want is something that's really easy to read and understand and communicate. Also, some key comments which came out as like priorities for commissioners was, interestingly, something around changing the definition of what evidence base is. So a lot of the time in research and when we support young people, we'll talk about the treatments that we give being evidence-based, but nobody seems to really agree on what the definition of that is. From the conversations that I was having with commissioners, they felt that the definition needed to be a lot broader and to include a lot, I guess, a wider range of forms of research. So rather than having big, large-scale trials, 
being the sort of be all and end all of research, also including work on the ground. So work that commissioners might carry out with young people, including that as evidence alongside not instead of, but alongside those bigger pieces of research that happen at the moment anyway. And working with young people came out a lot for them as well. And they really felt that there needed to be much more co-production of research with young people, but also with commissioners. And they felt that if they were included in the research process from the start and asked about how this specific intervention or this specific piece of research might make it into their service, then it would be a lot easier to put into place. So as well as speaking to commissioners, um, we also held a workshop with parents to ask them what they thought the priorities were in this area. And so we held that workshop with 13 parents from across the country, and they were all parents or carers of a young person who had struggled or was currently struggling with mental ill health. Many of them were also advocates for um, improving mental health services. Some were parents parent advisors, and some had jobs within the mental health system too. So there was quite a range of... Um, parents who we spoke to but all of them um, were really open with us and shared lots of great information around the big question so sort of similar to commissioners interestingly one of the first things that parents picked up on was the lack of resources and the lack of capacity which prevented change but also what was different to commissioners was that parents also felt there was a lack of openness to innovation so it wasn't just about the lack of resources it wasn't just about the lack of funding Many parents also felt that there wasn't that will, I guess, to change, which is something that was specific to parents and carers. And that sort of fed into another conversation which we had around the importance of communication and trust. Because I know from conversations with commissioners that many of them are open to innovation, and are open to change, want to put research into practice. But what I was hearing from parents was completely different and that they hadn't heard that within their services. They hadn't heard that from the clinicians that had worked with their young people. They hadn't seen that. And so one of the conversations that we had was around having trust in the people that you work with to be using research and also communicating that research to parents. You know, for example, in physical health, if you go in and receive a treatment, you'll be given a sheet about why you're receiving that treatment how it's going to benefit you, et cetera, et cetera. But with mental health, not really like that always. You kind of just receive a leaflet. And so parents are quite upset about that. And we talked about that quite a lot. And finally, another thing which we spoke about, again, similar to commissioners, was the importance of co-production. Like parents really, really wanted to be involved in research and really wanted to take that strain off that they were seeing with the lack of capacity and the lack of resources. They wanted to volunteer their time and help put research into practice and help make those services innovative and put those interventions into place. But it's about that working together. And it was that that they felt needed to be improved in order to help that happen. Finally, parents also talked about the individuality of care. 
So rather than sticking to the same sort of model of care for every young person, taking into account everyone's individual needs, research can't be one size fits all and when it's put into practice there needs to be some understanding of was sort of the message which we got from parents. We also spoke to young people and asked them about what they thought the priorities were and this was again such an interesting session that we held in September. So we had 10 young people come along and they were all aged between 16 and 24 and lots of them had experience actually of participating in research before or had had roles within service user involvement groups, had worked with services to develop them and share their views. So they'd sort of seen the research process in action. So we held a workshop with young people and some of the key thoughts again that came out of this were very, very similar to what parents and commissioners had been saying, which I find really interesting in that so one of the first things that young people recognised was the lack of capacity and resources again but also willingness to change so similar to parents there was that sense that there wasn't quite time or energy or capacity to actually put research into practice and make that difference and again we had conversations around communication and accessibility of research how is research reaching young people I think this podcast is an excellent example of how research properly should reach young people. But I think oftentimes it it really doesn't or it just isn't accessible. And that's something that we talked about. Another point that came up, which I think is important, is around the need for global collaboration. So we spoke about research, where it comes from and how it's put into practice, not only in the UK, but across the world. And though many young people talked about context being important and the environment in which you live and the services that you use being an important factor in how research reaches you, there was also a recognition that we shouldn't just abandon what's happening outside of the UK. We should look to other countries to learn about what people are doing right and how we can sort of do a similar thing to help young people in this country. And finally, one of the closing thoughts that came out of this workshop, I think, was again around youth voice, around feeling heard, about being included in these conversations about research and about being a part of research, not only from from the very, very beginning to when the question is put together, but also to the end of the project and then into implementing the research into practice. So throughout every single stage, actually going and speaking to young people, asking them what they think and how they think that research can make a difference or should make a difference to improving things for young people. Um, And I think that's really important. I think it's important to say that across all groups, you know, parents, commissioners, decision makers and young people, those very, very similar things said and all groups recognised how important research is to underpinning practice, but did feel that perhaps they needed to be included more in these conversations and that research shouldn't just exist in its own world, but it should include all those people from the very beginning onto implementation 
to make sure that it actually gets put into practice. Definitely. And that is such a wealth of information that you have now. So what is next in this project? Like, how are you going to take that information to try and improve research implementation? So I think it's really important to make sure that this information is shared widely. So we had our webinar launch at the end of September, which is where we first shared all these findings and launched the funding call um, on the big question. But I'm really keen to make sure that the young people, the parents, the commissioners who spent time sharing these priorities and sharing this wealth of information, making sure that that's honoured and making sure that that's shared. So even though my internship's finished now, what I'm going to do is continue to spread this message. I'm going to hopefully write blogs. I'm doing a podcast in a few weeks as well with a commissioner, which I'm going to share to get that message out too. And just make sure that I use one of the key things which I've learned, which is not do the research and just let it end there and sit there but work with the same people who helped make it happen, I guess, to put the message out in a way that's accessible for them. And aside from that, we're also going to be funding two projects in this area. So Emerging Minds is currently accepting applications for this funding call. And as of February next year, we'll have made decisions about who's going to be receiving the funding. And then we can sort of share the projects and the work which they're going to be doing to continue this research definitely and it'll be so interesting to see where it goes and what projects get funded and what they find out my final question is if young people are listening to this and think that sounds really cool obviously you mentioned a young person's workshop and how important the youth voice is how can young people find out more or maybe get involved in the next stages of the funding call yeah definitely I mean there's loads of information on the Emerging Minds website I think it's emergingminds.co.uk we also offer positions for young people to become advisors within Emerging Minds so if you're really keen on sort of having your say, making a difference, then that's one option too. And also, if you've got any questions about this or just want to have a chat about implementation and research in practice, I absolutely love this area. So I'm more than happy to chat to anyone and explore sort of ways that you can get more involved. So you can just email me. Perfect. I'll put all the links in the show notes if you can just click on it and find it more easily anyway. Well, thank you, Abby. Thank you so much for your time today. I've really enjoyed hearing about research implementation. It'll be very exciting to see where it goes. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for listening. We really hope you got something from today's conversation and some nuggets of wisdom you can utilise to manage your own mental health. This is a podcast made by young people for young people. So if you liked it, then please do follow us on socials and let us know about any future topics you would like to see. We hope you have a wonderful week and most importantly, take care of yourself.